Hello, all you beautiful people. This is Optimistically Depressed, and I am your host, Ruth McMullen. I hope all of you are doing well. I, as you can likely hear, am on my deathbed. (laughs) I've been feeling rather sick for the last few days. Uh, The family's caught, um, I guess, like the technical flu, which is like the whole aches and fever and cough and all that stuff. So that's fun. Um, But, you know, as I've been laying in bed for the last few days, I have been thinking about how um, I am actually quite lucky because I have a bed that I can lay in and I do have food that is accessible uh, and I have fresh water to drink and that's really great. And also, I do have a fever and my whole body hurts and aches and I'm coughing so hard that I'm pretty sure my spleen is going to be coming out pretty soon. However, my stomach is primarily fine. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is what I call a win. Now, I got to have Tom back on the podcast. And I love Tom because he is a very kind person. He is one of those people that when you're around him, you feel like everything's okay. And I've said this before and I'll say it again, his voice is just like caramel and it's a wonderful thing. Um, And so I'm just really thrilled to be able to get all of you back into another conversation between Tom and I. I love this guy. So welcome back to the conversation. Enjoy. So, okay, we were talking in the hallway a little bit about Mm -hmm. some of your life experience. Sure. Can I ask how old you are for the listeners? How old are you, Tom? Oh, yeah. I am, as of this exact moment, 31. No! No, today's not my birthday. That's not what I meant. Okay. Yeah, no. <laughs> but like this exact moment in time, I'm 31. This exact 30. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And <laughs> when's your birthday? April. April? April, yeah. Okay. So you're 31 years old. That's correct. You've had some good life experience so sure, far. absolutely. And I think that you look like Roy Rogers. Yes. We've looked up Roy Rogers. Mm. Listeners out there, look up Roy Rogers. And then picture him with a big beard. And that is Tom. (laughs) So now you know what Tom looks like. Slash, you can go to my Instagram or Facebook or Twitter and see a picture of Tom. Also that. You could do that too. But I just, every time I see you, I want to sing Happy Trails. You know what? I still haven't listened to that. Like, I don't. You don't know what I'm talking about? I know it's like a, like a theme song, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it just takes me right back to some happy times in my yeah. childhood. I was always a gun smoke guy. Um, There's like Matt Dillon. My grandfather had like a box set of like a million VHSs of all gun smoke. Well, really? Yeah. I don't know what gun smoke is. That's uh, a Western? Yeah, it's a Matt Dillon. He was like a sheriff. and Amazing. Yeah, he, I'm pretty sure he was a drunk and this you know, <laughs> but that as, was acceptable in Westerns. As all Western. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I now see this is making me want to go home and just watch a Western. Yeah. 
This is great. Do you have a favorite one aside from Roy Rogers? Yeah. I. Uh, I mean, the Mandalorian is kind of like a Western. That Star Wars thing it with is. the little baby guy. Yes, Baby Yoda. I haven't watched that. I no. I don't know if I can. You can. You really? can. Oh, you can. Why? Why is Baby Yoda? It, it, it doesn't. When is it set? Because like, doesn't Yoda like a million years old? Wouldn't it's this not have to be a gazillion years. It's not actually Yoda. It's not actually Yoda. So yeah, so it makes it like, wh- where did he come from? Because we thought that he was one of a kind. Like we thought that he was the last of his kind. So how did this happen? The mystery. And the Mandalorian is someone that I feel I want to have in my life. Is he the thing with the helmet that looks like Boba Fett? Yes. Okay. (laughs) Yes. But he's not Boba Fett. No. And not of the same. Like, so a Mandalorian is like a religion. Okay. I did not know that. Mm -hmm. So it's different. But they do look similar. They do. Yeah. Yeah. There's their religion based on bounty hunting and killing people. Yeah. Wow, that's that's something <laughs> I can get behind, right? You make a little money. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's a Star Wars Western. That's what this is. Wow. That normally with religions, you gotta like give your money to the god. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like getting money for doing. Well, that. Kind, like kind of yeah. Like it's it's you. I'm still learning about the Mandalorian religion. Okay. But it's like so one one of the things that I recently learned is that they don't really take biological relationships that seriously. So it's very common for someone in the Mandalorian religion to adopt a child. So the example then, of course, because everybody's all about Baby Yoda right now. He's everywhere. Right? Um, So the example that I saw was like basically when the Mandalorian saw the Baby Yoda put down a sand... Mark, what's it called? The, the, the beast that the baby Yoda lifts. Yeah. I don't know. It looks like a massive like warthog. (laughs) (laughs) But it's like, it's called like a sand something. Not really up to date on my Star Wars terms. I just take in the cinematic adventures (laughs) and then I leave it at that. I'm not like looking up Star Wars Wikipedia. We're going to have to reassess. It's actually called Wikipedia. Are you kidding me? We're going to have to reassess our friendship after this, Mark, but. That's fine. You say that to me every five seconds. It's true. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure you said that like seven times last time we did a podcast. It's true. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, so I cannot remember what it's called, but he lifts this giant beast and the hand or with the force. With the force. And then it's like, well, the Mandalorian, Mando, they call him, would have looked at the baby Yoda and been like, you're my son now, basically, because he sees that he has some might in his little being. Uh, He's strong. He's Mando Tyrell. (laughs) What does that mean? Mando Tyrell. He was in like one of the original Star Wars. Like, uh, I think that was the third one. Oh, did you say Lando? Lando. Well, I said, sorry, you said Mando. Yes. Then I said Mando Tyrell. Which I thought it, it just rhymes. Because, yeah, no, you're being clever and I didn't catch it. Sorry. What were you? You two just had a little no, eye communication. He hit his face on the mic. I thought it was funny. True. <laughs> okay. So, Tom. Yes, ma'am. We totally went off track there. Yeah, we're way off track. And now I'm going to bring it back. Thank you. You <laughs> mentioned in the last podcast that we had that you lived out of your truck for a little while. Yeah, like... Um, 
I don't want people to get it twisted. I wasn't living in there for like years. No, uh, no. Right. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. Let's, so let's clarify yeah. because you were saying in the hallway, you're, you're like, you know, it wasn't that big of a deal. It was yeah. a bit of couch surfing. And then I yeah. stayed in my truck a few nights. Yeah. But I mean, that's not something that the, I don't think many people in the listenership. Yeah. I did. I don't know. I, I kind of figured like, like more people than you think probably like had to have spend had that a experience. few nights outdoors or in a, in a vehicle in between places, you know, um, I don't, I, well, maybe I don't know. I, but I don't, in this but, case, it was kind of like, you were kind of like, okay, I'm not sure where I'm going to stay right now. So this is where I'm going to be right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a good fail safe. Uh, <laughs> somebody well, somebody once told me if it comes down to making your, your vehicle payment or your, your house payment, you should always make your vehicle payment because you can sleep in your vehicle and you can't drive your house to work. That table, sorry. <laughs> and you can't take you can't drive your house to work. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, Interesting. You can't, can't drive to work. Well, that's true. Yeah. And I mean like I mean I, unless you live in a mobile home or an R V. Well, yeah, and that would be way more convenient than that a truck. That would be so convenient. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but like, I mean, I got, it would be different, I guess, like if you didn't, like if you lived someplace where you didn't have to have a vehicle, like I definitely, if it wasn't for like the current job I had, not the job I had then, I wouldn't have needed a vehicle. I lived close enough to work to get there. I could walk or take a bus, but like where I grew up, like we don't. Like there's no buses. Yeah. Um, and most people commute like at least 30 minutes on the highway to get to work and back. Yeah. So that was kind of like the, I don't know. I don't know who said that to me. I don't know if it was my old man or some old fellow that I would just hang around down at the store or whatever, <laughs> you know, passing on worldly advice to young passersby. <laughs> I've got some good advice. Listen. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. They're full of it. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. That, I mean... That's a good argument. So how long was it that you found yourself doing that? Ah, it was, I think, like, I think I was in between places, either like, you know, crashing at this place or crashing at that place or like the odd night in the truck or like back to my parents for like, uh, if I had a few days off in a row and I knew I wasn't going to pick up any extra shifts, I'd like drive back down there and, you know, spend a few days there. I'd say, you know, a couple weeks, maybe a little bit more. It wasn't like crazy 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 like i wasn't out for years right like some people are sure (laughs) yeah right yeah Yeah, okay but uh yeah my my buddy uh tony was um his girlfriend at the time was going to work in inverness for a couple months for her work placement so inverness is how far from just for the listeners that are not familiar with the geography of nova scotia i'd say it's about four hours from halifax okay four hours from halifax okay right so she was going to like that they're both from there um, okay originally so i think she was going to maybe stay with some family and uh i uh he was like listen i got spare rooms and uh because originally, like, I think he probably offered before that. And I was like, well, listen, I don't want to really intrude on you and your girlfriend's living situation. <laughs> uh, again, this is a long time ago, too, now. Um, but, uh, you know, he was like, yeah. And I'd lived with him before, actually, when I'd first moved up to Halifax. So I think I spent two or three months with him, um, just kind of getting my feet on the ground before I found the place that I got evicted from. Yay! Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then after, I think I was with him again for about a month or two before I found my new spot um, after that. Okay. Yeah. And so where are you right now? I live in Halifax. You live proper. in Halifax? Yeah. Okay. And 
when you were so your friend was living in Inverness when you were working in you no, see with okay yeah. sorry yeah so I he, got that he was up. he was still in Dartmouth um, his girlfriend went to Inverness like they were previously living together here okay. she was going to school up here okay he was working up here and then she went to Inverness to work for a few months so you know kind of empty pad or whatever come on over and it was like sure why not we're great friends we'll have some good times <laughs> have some good times and toss you some money when I can okay and yeah okay yeah and then so the last podcast that we had we spoke a bit on resilience yes we did and I found that to be really helpful because like I lately have just really been on and I, I said this before but I've been on this quest for like really trying to understand what resilience is mm. and this is another thing that I've been thinking about. And I was actually thinking about it a little bit more this morning because I've been so this week has been like I'm, I'm just tired because, you know, it's Christmas time. Everyone's oh, tired. Listen, yeah. Right. So you're trying to do a bunch of stuff and you're thinking, OK, well, how come I, I'm having trouble getting this, un, you know, under under wraps or getting this under control? And so I was thinking, well, okay, is this like one of those opportunities to learn more, like to kind of gain more resilience or is this an opportunity to just understand that perhaps I'm not the kind of person like there seems to be, there seems to be these people that are like, oh, I get like four hours of sleep a night and then I get up and I work out for two hours and then I go to work and then I wake and then I, you know, work until one in the morning and then I go to bed and They're like liars. <laughs> no way, I'm telling you. I don't get it. I don't get it, Tom. No, that's bananas. I know at least one person who does that <laughs> and it blows my mind. Is it Elon Musk? Do you know Elon Musk? Um, the name sounds familiar, but I have no <laughs> idea who that is. Who's Elon Musk? Tesla. You just said another word that doesn't mean anything to me. What? Stop it! Stop doing the judgmental look okay. and just tell me who it is. SpaceX. No. Like the, is, this, is this anything to do with sports? Cybertruck. Is this anything to do with sports? <laughs> no. I don't know what you're talking about. He's like a, like a brilliant engineer person. Um, like he's he wants to send people to Mars. Remember that the, the, they had like a competition. Then yeah, everybody, all the nerds signed up. And uh, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> and, <laughs> and edit that out. Own that word. They own. They it. do they love. Own they it. do love being nerds. All, all the nerds signed up, and they were like, "Yeah, I want to go to Mars and die there," basically. Um, and he was like creating this program to send people to Mars. It's called SpaceX. And then he built a tunnel in under LA. I don't think that's finished yet. And he also like Tesla, the electronic cars. Right. Okay. Yeah. I know Tesla. Yeah. But. What what's with this tunnel? Uh, well, I don't know if it ever got finished or anything like that. But um, he was supposed to like he was he was he was on a podcast I was listening to recently. He was talking about it, and uh, he was like, "I just got tired of the LA traffic." Um, so, so I decided to just build, build a, a tunnel. tunnel. Yeah. <laughs> Is it his personal for his personal no, use? No, like he's gonna let his, everybody yeah. use it, but like. Okay, so it's not gonna be like he gets up in the morning, has his coffee, <laughs> watches rush hour, and he's like, meh, no, goes no, in his tunnel. tunnel. Have you seen the Jetsons? Remember that? Yes. So it'll be like a hyperlink. You yeah. get into the tunnel and then, near, across the country in no time. Okay. I don't think it was across. I think it was just no, across like, LA, yeah, but like just LA. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But five seconds later. Yeah, it's a good starting point. So that's what he's making. Yeah. 
among other things. Yeah. Uh, he actually went to Queen's University. Mm-hmm. Shout out. Mm-hmm. Originally South Africa or South African. Okay. Quite, cool, cool. Quite an individual. Look him up. Do a little research. Yeah. All right. All listeners out there, check out who Elon Musk is. You should know what's going on in the world sure. around you. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty crazy Yeah. Stuff. You know what? The, the only reason. I don't know what's going on. I live under a rock. I have three kids and I'm trying to do a podcast. Okay. Um, listen, yeah, all, no, listen, and I don't know how you do I'm that doing. either. I'll tell you, I haven't had enough time <laughs> to keep my own life together by myself. Oh. <sighs> but yeah, no, the only reason I brought him up is because there's no way that guy sleeps, I think, at all. Uh, I don't know if he only does four hours or like maybe he's a vampire or like mate, <laughs> mate or a cyborg. You know what? Wouldn't surprise me. Right? 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 Yeah. Okay. You know what's just not. F- okay it's not okay in this world in order to really get anywhere you need to be able to function quite well on little sleep yeah you i mean you can do that but like it's not sustainable no in in my mind like i I can go through spurts for sure but eventually i'm like nope i like can barely go through spurts i did all that i put all my energy into that when i had my kids yeah and now i'm done i need to have my proper sleep for the rest of my life do you have a family member that has had a very significant role or any human being that has had a very significant role in your life? Oh, yeah. All kinds. Um, definitely all my immediate family. Yeah, um, for sure. All my family's amazing. Like, you know, I had, I had a really good upbringing. Um, both parents present. Um, loving um two sisters that I used to fight with. Um, but like I've become like best friends with, mm-hmm. um, in our older years. Um, you know, and like that, they are always constant figures in my life. Um, my old man was like my best friend growing up, you know, he would you know take me to hockey and, you know, grew up on a Fox ranch and I like fired around the foxes with him while he was doing stuff. <laughs> then he had a, a sawmill and like, he would put me to work real early working in that and like shoveling sawdust and stacking wood and like lugging slabs and stuff like that. And raking blueberries or whatever little business venture he had. Um, and he, he taught me so much about, uh, you know, uh, work ethic and, um, the value of a dollar and how to treat people with respect. Like I'm, he gave me like I could think of so many just little pieces of advice that he's given me that's like has always stuck with me like I mentioned last time what did he say to me that I mentioned last time uh, he said I always land on my feet mm-hmm. that was him and he only said you know never start a fight but you better fucking well finish it um, <laughs> if you get in one right like right. Um, not like not condoning fighting, but like, you know, you got to stick up for yourself type thing. And yeah, uh, I like, I like that. Yeah. Um, so that was great. And this other fella, um, I met, uh, he was, he was, he actually just passed this year. Uh, he was older when I met him, like he would have been 80 or something like that. His name was Herb Peppard and anybody <laughs> from Toronto, Nova Scotia, if they're listening, you know who Herb Peppard is. And if you know him and you met him, then he played an impact on your life. I can guarantee it. Um, he was one of the greatest men I've ever met. He, uh, I met him at the gym at the uh, old Nova Scotia Sport and Wellness Center at the community college there. And he was just this old guy. He was wearing blue sweatpants and a gray like crew neck sweatshirt uh, with a blue stripe across the chest. Mm-hmm. And like he was old and he was just kind of going around doing his thing. And I remember being like, 
15, 16 years old and be like, who the fuck's this old fucker? Right? Like, what's, <laughs> what's he doing in here? Right? And then I, you know, he would come over and like give me pointers. And I was like, why is this old guy giving me pointers? And then eventually, like, you know, I came to talk to him and trust him. And he was this, uh, he was a vet from World War II. He was in the Devil's Brigade, and, and uh, which is like a famed, like, um, special forces group. And uh, he was also a, a poet and a public speaker and all these things. And then I didn't know all this until one day I was in like high school still. And he came into one of the classes I was working in to give a, a speech about, and he, like, about his time in the war and a, being like a paratrooper and jumping out of airplanes and all this stuff. And he sang and he did all this stuff. And like he did so much for the community and so much for me as a, as a person. Um, and uh, like like he's published, you know, a, a young lady from my, my community intro wrote a book about him. Uh, her name's Janice Dixon. I can't remember. I think the book was called The Eternal Man. Oh. And uh, it was just like the greatest pleasure to have met him and have to, to have known him and to have had him play such a like he imparted so much wisdom on me as far as like, you know, my dad definitely play, was the biggest role model. But like as far as like being a man and, you know, being kind to people, um, you know, he, he went and he saw all these horrible things in war and he came back and he still wasn't like jaded from it. And he wanted to care for people and help people and make people better regardless of the circumstances it, he was just such an amazing person I think it's really fascinating how you meet these people who've gone through some of the most horrific experiences that a human can have and they come out softer yeah yeah well I think that he was actually like when I didn't when I went to his funeral like people told all these stories and they talked about him before he went and like his outlook on life. And they're like, when he came back, he was the same herb. It's the same brother, the same son, you know, and he was just always positive and always wanting to help people proud of what he did. Um, and yeah, like, but you're right though. I didn't mean to detract from what you said. Like, um, when people, have these hardships and they come out softer and with a almost like a more uh, deep appreciation for the little things in life. Is that where you were getting at? Yeah. It's like, yeah. yeah. And, and this, like they want to take care of people and make sure that they know that they're important and loved. And yeah. it just, it seems that as you get older, you can take one, one route or the other. Yeah. You can be that crotchety old man. Yeah. Or woman. Don't want to discriminate. <laughs> Don't want to discriminate. Women can be crotchety <laughs> too. Got that right. <laughs> and it's just like, what is it that a person decides? I think that has to go back to resilience. Yeah. Because there, it has to be like a conscious decision. I'm not going to let this make me a meaner person to other human beings. Yeah. I understand what it can feel like to be down there and I don't want to allow other people to be there. I want yeah. to help them get out of that. And I never want to be in this situation ever again. Which is right. what you probably, what, yeah. And yeah, I'd never want to be in this situation ever again. It's like learning your lesson. Yeah. It's, and learning it the hard way. And learning it the hard way. Yeah. And it seems like when you learn a lesson the hard way, that's the best way. 
I think so. Honestly, I don't think people learn a lot of good lessons when they don't have to struggle. That seems to be the way. And that actually is scary, especially as a parent, because I feel like I've learned so many really great lessons. And I'm not saying that I haven't had a particularly difficult life. Mm. I've heard many too, too many stories to think that I have, but it wasn't a squishy life either. Sure. And I think that, but I just like look at it and I'm just kind of like, wow, I learned so many really great things from that. You should never just to stop you for a second. You should never diminish your own hardships or how you perceived your own hardships. Um, because that's you, that's your experience and no one else can judge you on that because they didn't live your life and they weren't inside your head. Trauma and hardship is something that we experience on an individual level. What's hard for me might not be hard for you. What's hard for you might not be hard for me, just based on our own lives. So don't ever say, oh, my life wasn't as bad, or I didn't have it as hard as this person. That's your view, but that's not reality, because they're not inside your head. Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. And you survived, you're here, we're talking. Yeah. So that means you're resilient. I find that there's like this. I think that it's something like I hear. I hear it from a lot of people that I talk to who like when they talk about their their lives, their life experience, they will say, oh, but it wasn't as hard as so and so or whatever. But it's like I can sit and I can talk a little bit about some of my life experiences and a person will be like, that's like, that's really hard. And then they'll tell me about some of their life experience and I'll think that's really hard. You can't compare yourself to them. Yeah. And they can't compare yourself to you. Yeah. You know, like that's um, like saying like we could both go through the same shit. Right. Let's let's say we mimic it for the next we mimic our lives for the next two weeks. One of us may be like, oh, yeah, this business is normal. Probably you. And. (laughs) Me, oh, I'm gonna be so like, mean. oh my god, these kids are everywhere. I don't know what to do. I'm a failure. <laughs> what the fuck is going on? That's, but that is that is what goes through my head. It's like, how am I? How have I been doing this for nine years and right? I still have no idea? <laughs> like, how do I still not know? Because nobody knows. No one There's knows. There's no perfect recipe. No. No. They have plenty of books out there. One of the things that I find really like. <laughs> The thing is, books can be really helpful mm. and also so frustrating because it's like it's giving you this ideal and you're and then it's suddenly this thing that you're going to compare yourself against. And it's this person that's sitting there. I mean, I can't I haven't read all the books, sure. so I don't know what what the authors are like when they're writing it and all that kind of thing. But it just seems a lot of the time it's like they're writing from this comfort. Yeah. Because and they're in a comfortable place usually <laughs> by the time they're writing that. By the time they're writing it. And then it and then you are in the middle of this horrible like you're just you're tired, you're worn down. You don't have like if you were to approach most situations from like a full tank, 
you know, like I've had a proper night's sleep for the past few nights and three meals a day. Yeah. And I got to have some time for myself. I got to accomplish some things that I feel good about. And then you come into this situation that drains, that's kind of draining. You're going to obviously be like, "Eh, it's not really that big of a deal because I already have so much to draw from. Sure. But when you're in it and you've been in it for so long, you're not getting any breaks. You've not you can't remember the last time that you had a proper sleep it's going to feel so much bigger oh, and then you got to commit to reading that friggin book and then on you have top to, of it right you have to commit you have to sit down keep your eyes open and read the words that this per- person has written in these books Tom Taggart seven steps for success all you have to do is listen to my words <laughs> and follow exactly as I say and I guarantee, I guarantee you will you. enjoy the same success as me look at my Hummer in the uh, <laughs> ad in the back of the book you, you too can have this amazing thing is you just follow my seven easy steps to success. Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's do it. And that's the thing, right? Every and friggin' ad for every friggin' motivational book you've ever read. Right there. It's, it's just, it's amazing. Because it's so not no. helpful. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. How many successful people do you think have sat down and read a motivational book? Oh... Okay, no, they're the ones writing it. They're right. not the ones. <laughs> because they're successful and they can. And everybody that's successful is like, I don't need to read this shit. I don't need to I read this. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Plus, like, your struggles are different than this guy's or this girl's is writing this book. You know, chicken soup for the successful person's soul. <laughs> yeah. First, you've got to make the kid breakfast at 5 a.m. Because that's when you're going to be the most productive. Well... Like, excuse me, did you stay up till 12 doing their laundry and studying for this course? And yeah, that's and that's what right. That's so frustrating. (laughs) It's just not you cannot fully apply it to your life. And you know what? I've read self-help books. Sure. And so have I. And I've enjoyed them. You know, they're inspiring. They're absolutely inspiring. I take a little bit from each one. Yes, that's the thing. But it's not a plan. It's not a plan. You can't directly apply it to your life. It's just not going to work. No. You yeah. think Dr. Phil's out there reading uh, Mark Wahlberg's <laughs> six steps for whatever Mark Wahlberg's good at other than, like, taking his shirt off in movies? <laughs> I mean, he's very good at he's that. He's really good at it. I don't know that I can remember a movie where he doesn't do it. <laughs> That's because all the directors are like, yeah, yeah, just take it off. That's it. You know, this is the money shot, Mark. <laughs> time to earn that paycheck show that shit to me <laughs> it's funny you, i don't know who's who is that again mark I, Wahlberg? Like he's are the- you serious <laughs> <laughs> first of all shout out marky mark, yeah, the marky mark. Bunch. he's the guy he's the guy that entourage is based on right yes hey yeah. there we go okay i do know who that is <laughs> I know who that is. Johnny Drama is based on Donnie. Donnie. Yeah. Donnie Walker. New kids on the block. What an interesting, what an eclectic family. Yeah. And they have a uh, burger joint, Wahlburgers. Yeah. Wall, it's actually pretty good. I mean, yeah, it is good. Yeah. It's not bad. Okay. See, whenever I try to picture Mark Wahlberg's face, I think of Matt Damon. Yeah, no, they're not the same do, person. Do they look similar? No, I was, they're both from Boston, I think, like originally. I don't yeah. know if I can do the Boston accent very good. <laughs> 
That's and then and then all of a sudden I'm just like I don't know who I'm thinking of anymore. Yeah, like I just get mixed up. How old is Mark Wahlberg? I don't know. Probably Maybe like 40s. 75. Yeah. Right? Like that's what's so confusing. It seems like he's just been around forever, but he still looks young. Yeah, that's what confuses me. He's a celebrity me. and he can afford to look young. Right? Mm. It doesn't make any sense. I don't I don't get it and that adds to the confusion. He's, I just I can't do this. I can't keep up on all of this forever pop culture. But I don't think Marky I don't know. And Marky Mark, I just put together that he was Mark Wahlberg, I think, what, a couple weeks ago was when Mark and I were having a conversation about it. Mark, producer Mark, not Mark Producer Wahlberg. Mark. Yeah, I don't talk with Mark Wahlberg. Not regularly. Sure? Not, not normally. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was just a few weeks ago, I was talking with him, but I was like, I still don't know who you are. Hey, Marky, if you ever want to come on the podcast, just uh, shoot Ruth a DM. And you'll have to tell me who you are because I'm not going to know. Maybe send me a, a picture. Yeah. Um, a, a resume. Normal portfolio cover. <laughs> Uh, Photoshop. Because uh, I don't thing. know. Yeah. I don't know, but apparently he's great. He's in a, like every shitty movie ever, and some good ones. <laughs> and he directs movies, oh, right? Yeah. Like oh, he's, it, he does you know it all. What? Some of the movies and stuff that he's directed and produced are way better than the ones that he's actually in. True, he's come a long way. He blinded yeah. a Vietnamese, Vietnamese man in his teens. What? Yeah, yeah, what do you mean? He blinded a Vietnamese man? How did he do that? Because he was racist. Yeah. No! I think he was a bit of a gangbanger back in the day, too, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah crazy upbringing. Yeah. When, okay, and when was this? Is Was this in, like, the 40s? How old is this guy? The roaring... <laughs> the roaring 20s. 20s. <laughs> like, I don't know. He's okay. so, he's an enigma. There's, a, there's this crazy thing called the... Internet. Internet. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm on the interwebs right now. I'm, I'm looking I don't have time for that, Mark. You can, you can look it all up because I I'm don't not going to explain time. on your podcast <laughs> Mark Wahlberg's biography. <laughs> People can buy his book. Okay, yep. you know what? You make a good point. Let's get back to the point. We should. <laughs> Let's get back to the topic. Not Mark Wahlberg. Back I, to whatever it was we were talking about before, like a which I can't reel. even remember. Um, you should have like outtake like version of the podcast <laughs> where it's just like gag reels of <laughs> random ass conversations that go sideways right i don't what were we talking about him five hours of sleep four hours of oh sleep? yeah we're Was talking about motivational motivational um, right um, motivational books, books the and self-help and, and books said mark is you, not you think reading he's, right he's read that now or dark no i said do you no. think dr phil's read uh, right Marky that's Marks. where it comes i don't even know if he actually has a book but I'm he sure probably he does, does. Yeah. he seems does. to be you know what it wouldn't surprise me if it turned out he was a like triplet and nobody knew yeah, he sure. just had or clones yeah because it just doesn't make any sense otherwise no, it's too busy too busy. You're gonna have a hamburger joint and be an actor, right? You can't do it. It's not real. And maintain that kind of a body. Yes, exactly. Right. Yeah. But you know what? Those pecs, I don't accept them. They're not real. They're not real. Sorry, Mark. Sorry, Mark. We don't believe you. I seen you in that movie where you were lifting the weights and stealing <laughs> things, and The Rock was in it, and something bad happened. I don't know what it was, but those <laughs> but are definitely implants. The man. <laughs> The main point is that they were implants and yeah. we don't believe that that is actually possible. That's not it. Yeah. See, and it's like there's this elite. It's like this like this this human breed that is just they've been created in such a way mm. that they don't need to exercise much to have the body that we as society deem as a desirable and they don't have to have as much sleep as they 
as a normal human Mm -hmm. being needs. And then then we all take that instead of it being an exception to the rule, we make it the rule in order for you to be to to have the life that is somehow you believe is the right life. Because it means he's just pushing this shit down our throat all the time. So you gotta live like this person. You gotta look like that person. Eat this shit. Don't eat that crap. Like right, and, and like, you're like, oh, I'm a big giant bag of shit, and I'm <laughs> not good enough. Why am I even here? Right? Yeah. yeah, and you know, okay, you know what? I'm gonna say, and this could be very uh, a touchy subject, but it's frustrating to me when everyone's like, oh, you eat this? Like, how? No, you can't eat that. You've got to eat this. And it's kind of like, okay, you know what? Of course, common sense. You know, there are some things that are not going to be good to eat all the time. Mm. Don't eat chips all the time. Don't yeah. eat McDonald's and fast food and whatever all the time. Yeah, thousand percent. Right. Four. But when you start criticizing me for eating too many tomatoes because it's too high in acidity, like just you don't have anything else better to do. No, That's what you, you're telling me right now. Are they telling you in real life? I've like heard it face in real to life. Face? Yeah. Oh, idiots. <laughs> like I would it's, expect that from some troll on Twitter. Oh, like. of course that would happen too. And like the and then again with the books, the nutrition books. They're like, "Oh, well, if you're if you're an A blood type, you can't eat too many potatoes." They're all contradicting themselves. Nobody yeah. And it's kind of like it comes down to you need to be able to trust your gut. Your body. If you eat food, Okay. <laughs> if you're regardless a person who of eats what food. it is, yeah. Regardless of what it is, unless it's like you're shoveling crap in your mouth all the time, and at the end of the day, you feel good and you have good bowel movements. Yeah, and, bowel movements. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, you have enough energy to get you through the day, and you're not lethargic, and you're not breaking out in like some sort of random rash. Yeah, like that's probably a pretty good diet for you. Yeah, it might you, not be an ideal performance athlete diet. Right. Right. But, but. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Right? It's frustrating. Oh, I hate feeling shame whenever I eat a watermelon. And you know what? They and here's the other thing. Everyone's changing their mind. Yeah. Like uh, eggs were bad for you like seven years ago. Right. And now, now they're good for and you now they're great. Yeah. You need to eat yolk more in. eggs. Yolk yeah. in. Yolk in. We're all yeah. about that yolk. Yeah. Cholesterol's actually good for you, apparently. Apparently. It was it was horrible forever. Forever. So how do we ever survive? It's frustrating. Uh, and when I have like so I've been diagnosed with depression, sure. as we all know. Yes. And I'm sure that food like of course oh, food affects plays. your mood right yes. it of course plays into it as does everything else so let's be realistic about this please don't give me a long list of all the ways that i'm supposed to eat and when i'm supposed to eat in order to affect my mood that's right like i'm everything affects your mood it's everything not just food. right and like let's maybe this like the conversation that people feel the need to have with me about this stuff that affects my mood that's just self-righteousness <laughs> that's all it is. If somebody it's, read a fucking book, excuse my language, they read a book <laughs> and they're like, oh, yeah, those tomatoes got too much uh, vitamin C and uh, let me get on my high horse and make sure that everybody knows that I know this and I can cite it in a fucking book. Right? Right? And like, oh, yeah, oh, the vitamin B12 content in lentils <laughs> is uh, exactly this and uh, you can get as much of, anyway, I'm not even going to go down that road. And it, I think it creates this culture of self-doubt. Yeah. Because it's kind of like, well, I don't know. It makes it so that we don't know how to listen to ourselves. We don't know how to listen to our own intuition. And that's what leads us down the path of wrong, of decisions that are not healthy for us. 
let's think about this in the sense of now obviously i know there's like great periods of time where people did not live well as far as like long lives and that sort of thing Mm -hmm. um and there was like disease and shit right but how long in history have we actually been worried about nutrient content in certain types of like acid levels or vitamin levels in our food (laughs) <laughs> how long have we been watching the labels it's like so we i think we have to now because we have like processed foods and stuff and That's we're like true. putting a lot of crap we have into to pay things. more attention yeah but like i don't know probably like 150 years ago um i think they were still processing food then let's call it 200 years ago nobody's reading that shit there was no shit to read you know what people ate what was available especially in their region so, right, yeah. You know, let's say you read a book from someone in I don't know, Japan on how to eat the best diet. Well, maybe it's maybe there's some scientist scientific stuff in there for sure that's like globally recognized, but their diet's going to be based on what's good for people that evolved and grew in that part of the world and what they they ate, right? So, I mean, like, and so let's say uh, uh, better than Japan, like uh, places in India are completely vegan, have been for years, um, and other parts of the world completely vegan. And, but that's how their people ate because that's what was available to them. So their bodies evolved, I think, yeah, based on that kind of diet. There's people in the north that eat a lot of meat, predominantly meat and fat, because nothing really grows there. It's all they get. It's like blubber. Blubber and seal meat or whale meat or whatever it is. I think they get polar bear from time to time. I don't know. Right. But they, no, they're not growing a, like an organic garden in the north. You know, the, 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 the small amounts of vegetables that they're getting are coming from, you know, like small root vegetables. And that'd be about it. And they're doing fine. But if I went and lived up there and I ate their diet and like this isn't like this. These are like legitimate towns. A lot of times, because it's hard to get food in and out of there. And when you do, it's expensive. So right. you live off the land a lot of times. Mm-hmm. If I went up there and I ate that stuff, I would probably have a pretty bad reaction. Yeah. Like, you I'm not geared for it. Right. I've been living, I'm eating a standard-ish Canadian diet um, based on, you know, some fast food and red meat and chicken and veg and fruits and that stuff. Mm-hmm. Some people just don't digest it. Some people don't digest milk. Right. Where did yeah. that come from? Where did that come from? I don't know. Everyone's probably. lactose intolerant. Yeah, not everyone. It just seems like uh, every well, a lot of people are. I, and that's especially now. Especially now. Never was that. Like, and w- so, like, what changed? When did people get allergic to peanuts? That's become a big thing, especially lately. Yeah. Now, why do we? Why? Why is this? Because they weren't exposed to them. Yeah. I read a study oh. last week that exposure. As a as an infant to in nuts and other things like that will decrease the chances yeah. of a severe allergy. Milk, lactose, apparently we're not supposed to be able to break it down. So uh, I think that's also like a regional thing though too, right? It, it, it very like, well not be. like North American, but like definitely people in like regions like uh, on the steppe in asia like they were drinking horse milk and that was like all they had until mm. they could kill the horse and eat the horse right gamey 
I think, yeah. And I think with the, yeah, with the nuts and the allergies and that kind of thing like that. Yeah, that makes sense. And yes, I actually like one of my kids had like was starting to, we thought maybe was having a reaction to milk. Mm. And so we took, we took him to the doctor and she was, she, our doctor is amazing. I can never say enough good things about our doctor. She's amazing. And she was like, yeah, he might be a little sensitive to it. So what you want to do is do not cut it out of his diet. Mm. Keep in the things that he doesn't really react to because you want to make it so that his body starts to figure out how to deal with it. That makes sense. Yeah. And I mean, I had three kids in the span of four years ish. And even in that short amount of time, they changed how you introduce food to your kid. Like, I don't know how many times every time I'd have a kid, they'd be like, okay, so you want to make sure that you don't introduce eggs until they're at least nine months old. And then they're like, no, don't introduce it until they're a year. No, don't introduce it. No, you want to introduce it right away. And it's just kind of like, okay, well, like we're changing our mind on these things all the time. My God, what did people do 500 years ago? Yeah. (laughs) And then, so then it makes sense. Like, so now we're all of a sudden encountering these people that have all of these sensitivities Mm -hmm. to food. And it totally makes sense that it's because they just weren't introduced to it early enough. And definitely our fault. It's our, it's our fault. We're doing it to ourselves. We're too worried about everything. Yeah. And then, right. And then you're like, well, my stomach got a little bit upset. What did I eat? Well, maybe I'll cut that out for a while. And then it's like, okay, well, like, Okay, but that means you're probably going to be even more sensitive to it in the future because you're just not going to be used to it. So as long as you're okay with not having that in your life, Mm. like go for it. But like that's what is going to be happening. Things like snake tamers and stuff like that where they get bit all the time with this venom and they get the antitoxin and it happens so often that eventually they don't need the antitoxin anymore. They're just immune to the venom. I kind of think so. I mean, we're talking like we're experts on something that we don't actually know anything about, but... (laughs) I'm sure anyone who's listening, if you're kind of like, wow, that is so wrong, send me a message. I would be very interested to know, like, honestly, if like, if you want to have like a healthy and good discussion about this, please send me that message. Yeah. I'm not an expert either. Like I'm an expert in certain things. This is right. Like we're just talking about some things that we're wondering about and frustrated by. And that's okay. And I think that a lot of the times it's like we've become, I mean, I can speak personally. I've become so afraid of talking about certain topics now. That it's like, well, okay, but that means I'm going to remain in ignorance. Yeah. Like I need to be able to talk about it so that somebody else can actually bring something up and be like, okay, well, here, you know, yeah. this. And, and it'd be nice if they did it in not a spiteful way too. And not in like, not a way like you're a stupid you idiot, idiot and I hate you. Yeah. And this is why yeah. if it was more just like, hey, hey. You know, I heard your podcast. You were talking about this. Here's some uh, scholarly studies and, you know, best practice recommendations. Yeah. That would be nice. How great would it be if we could actually disagree in a really nice way? Oh, my God. That would be (laughs) the most amazing thing. It would be amazing. But we can't anymore. Society's gone too far. Right? It's it's rude. And it's it's rude, and it's almost like it's so off-putting. Like, it makes you feel like crap. You feel awful. You know what I mean? To have an opinion, you're, like, scared to voice your opinion because one group's going to jump down your throat for slightly agreeing with another group is like you're not in their tribe yes and like you and and i mean there's definitely it's important to be sensitive to what other people have gone through and and that kind of thing like of course 
But like, we're going to be ignorant until we are taught. Exactly. And if we can't talk about it, then no one's going to learn. Exactly. You know? So if we're just going to be afraid about all these things, then we're just going to be afraid about it, but we're not going to know anything more. And fear is like a driving factor in everything we do. Like if you're afraid to have a conversation, that's going to cause you anxiety. That's going to exacerbate everything else that's going on in your life yeah or, or if you do say something and then somebody jumps down your throat like you're dwelling on that it affects your behavior and especially if you're suffering with something already then yeah like it's, it's just, just like gonna spiral snowball it's it's crazy times that we're living in it really is yeah like yeah and I'm finding myself personally in this like really like I mean I have this podcast that speaks about mental health and I'm trying to look at other people's experiences and, and talk about it. And, and it's like, well, it's, it's, it's interesting because these different experiences that people are going to be having are going to contradict other people's belief systems. And, and it's kind of like, it's so easily, it's just, and it's so easy to be offended now Yeah, because, and, and it just goes right back to just like, it's just scary. It is. And then, and of course, fear makes people angry. It does. And defensive. And aggressive. Yeah. Because they're like, I don't know. It's almost like a, I don't know. You have to like defend your point of view or otherwise like you're not a true believer or you need to wave the flag or whatever it is. And I don't, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's a lot. Right. Whatever happened to being okay with being clueless? (laughs) (laughs) I'm clueless. I I know I'm an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know so much. Yeah, I'm a certified dummy for sure. <laughs> like, I know a lot about a little things or a, a little about a lot of things. There's <laughs> not a whole lot in between. Yeah. It, yeah. You have a deep enough conversation with anyone and you realize how much you don't know. Yeah. 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 So many other smart people out there. Um, but no, I'm not going to say that. Never mind. Well, <laughs> tell me, Tom. Yeah, sure. We covered this a little bit in our first podcast that we did together. Okay. Like mental, mental health. Yeah, sure. And so you've, and you've been on medication. Yeah. You've since weaned yourself off. No, you asked me the exact same question last time. No, not, really? la- not last time. Like I last mean the podcast, first time? The first time when we talked about it. You're back on it. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I only weaned myself off once and it was a horrible experience. And so then, oh. Yeah. And I'm still on medication and it's still working great for me. Yay! Um, I have almost no noticeable side effects. Um, like it's supposed to make you drowsy and stuff. doesn't do that to me. And I only drink like two cups of coffee a day. Um, some people might think that's a lot, but I used to drink a pot. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> No, so two cups is not. Two is fine. Two, yeah, two yeah. is not enough. I don't think that's a lot. Um, you know, I feel great. Um, Can I... Know, we go ahead. Can I ask what kind? Which medication? Yeah, I think the brand name is Ciprolux. Yeah, Escitalopram. I'm on the That's same the one. one. Oh, you really? Yeah, oh, yeah. I take two pills a day. I take three. What? I know. Damn. Yeah. Shit, I thought I was on the high level. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. And I'm, yeah, no, no, it was just, my doctor was kind of like, well, yes, like, We'll we'll up it one more time and then we might have to see about changing you over to something else. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I'm at three. Yeah. Yeah, that seems to be doing the trick. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm loving it. Like, I don't know that I want to be on it for the rest of my life. Um, If that's what it is, then that's what it is. Mm -hmm. But like, I'm literally having, yeah, nothing bad. 
as far as side effects. Oh, um, that's great. My mood's fairly stable. And I really notice, like, if I miss a pill or two, like, uh, and maybe that's withdrawal. Or maybe that's a lot of other things, including a little bit of withdrawal, for sure. I think that's part of it. Yeah. Um, but I definitely, without it, like, that time I weaned off and thinking back to how I was before I was on the medication and before it started to, like, actually kick in and do stuff, I'm, like, night and day. Yeah. Like, I was down. Oh, like, everything sucked. I was, like, Eeyore. Yeah. Um, like, ugh. Was it one of those things that you were just kind of like, wow, I didn't even realize how bad it was until I got out of it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you don't. Like, you know it's bad. Yeah. Like, you like you know, but you don't know how bad and how good it is to feel good. <laughs> right? When all of a sudden you're just kind of like, oh, hey, I, I'm i okay with waking up today. Yeah. I can get out of bed. <laughs> I can get I out of bed. I don't feel like a piece of shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, um, how wonderful. Yeah, it's awesome. Like, you know, and not feeling like you know oh the nights were always horrible for me before like the nights were always the worst like the morning sucked the mornings always sucked for me like regardless I was never like the most morning good morning people <laughs> right but the nights I always just felt like so hopeless like you're alone with your thoughts and you a lot of times especially for like a lot of the, the times when I was really really sick I, I was alone right Mm-hmm. you know and and because you're sick you're you shut people out of your life and you don't want to go out you know maybe you have offers you have some really good friends out there like hey come on you know i haven't seen you in a bit and you're like nah fuck it i got shit to do it really it's me sitting on my <laughs> floor smoking cigarettes beside the patio door with it cracked open because it's winter time uh in a, a wife beater with a bottle of jameson's beside <laughs> like I've got stuff to do. That's I got shit to do. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'd get in that mood too. Yeah. And it would be like, I would just be like, I don't like nobody like, and, and then I'd be like, nobody likes me. Yeah. Like they don't want to hang out with me. No, it's all show. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Maybe they'll talk me on my back. Yes. Yeah. I leave and they're like, Oh, thank God. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So glad she left. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, that's, definitely not true no, no. we're like we're likable shit yeah look at the two of us we're, yeah like yeah we're here in this room we're making conversation yeah uh mark is super engaged i can tell yeah right what to do <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no like seriously you're definitely likable like the amount of people that listen to the podcast the amount of people that you've had on the podcast that have really engaged in conversation with you i just read an article on the interwebs um, where you were interviewed by News 95.7? Yeah! Yeah. Uh, I couldn't remember the exact media outlet. But, no, uh, but it, yeah, 95.7. It was really good. I read that today. Oh. Um, and it was great. And I seen, like, uh, a lot of people actually, like, made some comments on it. And there was a lot of likes and stuff. Really? I'm going to have to take a look. Okay. All right. I think that's I think that's good. Let's wrap it. Yeah, let's wrap it. All right. I love having you on. Tom. I really appreciate it. It's fun. I have good conversation. You're probably gonna have to edit like all of it out because there's only like <laughs> it's three gonna times be ten we minutes actually long. talked about. <laughs> it's but, good. Uh, yeah, that was a great conversation. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Thank you, Tom. No, thank you, Ruth. Mm. Everyone who's listening. Because you help make this happen. The fact that you decide that you're going to use your time to listen to me and to my guests, 
to us means a lot. And you are what helps make this difference. You're what helps make this go. So thank you very much. And I just hope that wherever you are, you're having a wonderful day and that you're knowing (laughs) that I am sitting here and Tom is sitting here and we are loving you. Oh yeah, we are. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So have a good night, morning, afternoon. We'll be talking to you soon. Bye.